0: Episode 79 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Well, dreams cost, you know that. And some of the biggest payers are those you love. We're going to talk about what those you love sacrifice for your dream and what to do about it on this episode of ReInventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the ReInventure Me Podcast. With your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, greetings and welcome to episode 79 of the Reinvent Me podcast. This is your co-host, Larry Gates, along with Armin Asadi. Hey, Armin. How are you, Larry? Good. You know what? I just realized when I said, hey, Armin, that I probably open every show that same way. That's all right. So Predictability let's do that differently. Good. So this is your co-host, Larry Gates.
1: And Armin Asadi
0: hey armin It's <laughs>
1: <That's> totally different <laughs> now nobody will ever know what no right so it was so good that, yeah
0: that that's gonna go up there <laughs> way to take risks i like it you just... well you know that's what we are here for to find new ways to reinvent your life your podcasts and the opportunities <laughs> and the ventures god's called you into thanks for joining us on this episode of reinvent for me we're so glad you're taking time out of your busy day, to listen in with us as we banter and sometimes not know what we're talking about and just have a little bit of fun That's right, with often. each other. You know, <laughs> Whatever we end up saying, at least the the pithy parts of it uh, will appear on our show notes at <laughs> reinventure.me. And we're in episode 79, so Ooh. go to reinventure.me slash 79. Wow, we're almost at 80 episodes. We are. You know what, we're going to have to plan a big bash for our 100th episode. We so sure. right now I want to put the call out to any of our listeners that have unique idea for some way that we might celebrate our hundredth show, nah, so let's just that get idea. that going right now. You yeah. know, and so if you've got something that you think might be zany, visit our website reinventure.me and send us a comment, or I'll tell you what, tweet to us at at, at reinventureme. Tweet. And tweet. That, yeah, <laughs> that would be fun. It'd be fun to hear from our audience about what should we do for our hundredth episode.
1: Somebody's going to recommend bringing on the United
0: States president. Ooh, that's already been done in a podcast, but let's see if we can do some dead presidents. Whoa. There we go. Getting crazy. (laughs) I like it. We have a few announcements to make. We do.
1: Well, last time we made this announcement, we (laughs) kind of left out an important detail. (laughs) Here's the discount code. Here's this. We're just not going to tell you about the (laughs) website. We don't tell you where to go. We're
0: going to tell you how to get there. (laughs) Perfect.
1: Perfect. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's try this announcement one more time. See how it goes this time. Yeah.
0: I'll be speaking at the Minnesota Professional Sales Association on Friday, September 4th. And if you're in the Minneapolis area, you'll find that at the Doubletree Park Place in St. Louis Park. I'll talk about turning opportunism into opportunity. And, and we've talked about that in the show about strategic margin, but I'm going to tie that directly into the sales experience. Now, the piece that we missed last time, we did have it in the show notes, but the piece that we missed is that you can find out the information on this at P-S-A-M-N, as in Minnesota, dot O-R-G. And if you want to come, use the promo code ATTEND2015, ATTEND2015, no space. And that will get you in for the member rate of 25 bucks.
1: That's right. So Paul, Sam, Adam, Mary, Nancy.org, P S A M N.org.
0: Oh, I thought you were calling out people that needed to go there. <laughs>
1: The, yeah, Paul, come on. Sally, all of you, you guys need to go. Sam, get there, you know. Yeah.
0: Adam, we want to see you there. Nope. Just Mary sh- and Nancy, if you're not there, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I you don't know, know, it's just not the same. I don't know what's wrong with you guys anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, listeners, we want to let you also know about something else that Armin and I are launching. You know, we want to continue to reinvent even the show. We're going to do something after Labor Day. Why don't you talk about it, Armin? All
1: right. So after Labor Day, we're launching this thing called the Reinventure Me Toolbox. So these are going to be a lot shorter episodes. Um, They're going to be anywhere between five to nine minutes long each. And all they're going to be is basically us either personally giving you guys tips and tools on a set specific topic, or we're going to be bringing in the experts to give some tips and tools for you to use for your daily life, for your business, for your ministry, for whatever may be so tuesday's beginning september 8th you should start seeing a few pop up um, you can tweet any suggested topics you have to us at reinventure me or visit our website at readventure.me and my favorite call us yeah 612-314-5447 pick up the phone who are that, you gonna call that's right <laughs> I, I was i was about to say the name of the commercial that usually says that but they're not paying us for that yeah, why don't we kick it off with your quote that you got from Mr. Guy Kawasaki.
0: Yeah, for an Inspire Me. I love Guy Kawasaki. He's a guy that's been out on the edge, and he knows something about what he's talking about. One of the Apple pioneers and really one of the leading minds in business thinking today. Mm -hmm. And he wrote in one of his early books, he wrote this, Work the Edges. What really matters happens at the edges. That's where one surface or material meets or changes into another. It's a key principle of architecture. The action is not in the centers or areas of sameness. Hmm. And I just love the way he painted that metaphor that really where change occurs is at the edges of life or any endeavor, Right. right? And of course, this podcast is about that kind of change. And I think we're inspiring people and I think ourselves too, Armin, you and I, try to hold each other up to that same standard is to say, well, you know, what if you learned lately, Dorothy. Right. You know, so there's a there's Except a you don't call me Dorothy. Yeah, I don't call you Dorothy. <laughs> but I'd be okay with but it. But you know the day. reference, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm okay. Oh, okay, with good. <laughs> good. I was hoping that I didn't have to do another cultural education here. For hey, you it. didn't know who Aerosmith was. I today. did not. <laughs> oh, come I admit on that. You know, we, one of the show titles that we were kicking around <laughs> was How Living on the Edge Affects Those You Love. And Armin broke into this an Aerosmith song. I honestly didn't recognize it, and I thought it was because because of Armin's singing. So he brought it up on YouTube. And what we, we found out was I didn't recognize it anyway. So, you know, there how we go. Un-American of uh, you go. How un American. Totally un American. <laughs> you know, I did recognize that it was Aerosmith, but I did not recognize. The tunes. So there you go. I'm out as well.
1: <laughs> You've been cultured, uh, so yes, it's okay. from Armin of <laughs> yeah. all places on American <laughs> culture from Armin. You heard hair. it here
0: first. It took 79 episodes, but we got it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Wait wait, 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 wait. <laughs> 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 All right.
1: Our audience liked it. <laughs> yeah. We have a yeah. show audience right We here. have an
0: audience that we can just engage with a touch <laughs> of a, <laughs> <touch laughs> <of> a button. <laughs> well, listen, the reason we chose that quote from Guy Kawasaki was that when we are engaged in life and, and stretching and pushing and trying to pursue something, and especially if it's something that, you know, God's just given you, you got to make this thing happen, and you're really moving toward it, it's a dream that you got to push and pursue, that's always going to be at the edge. It's always going to be in areas of tension. Right. And what we want to talk about today is the tension that exists or the challenge that exists or the sacrifices that are made from those that you love the most. Usually if you're married, it'll be your spouse. Right. But it might be you know extended family or others if you're if you're single. But that's what we want to talk about today.
1: In these types of situations, there's so many people that these types of risks that we decide to take affect. And sometimes we don't take enough time to this think about how it affects them or how it affects the relationship between us and them. So we're going to cover that. And uh, this is uh, a lot more Larry's specialty. I'm still a novice at this. Because I'm still,
0: <laughs> he sees more battle scars on me <laughs> than he's, than he sees well, on his I'm own. I'm still wreaking havoc in my relationship. <laughs>
1: I think you've learned how to fine tune this process a bit. Oh of sure. <laughs> I, know, I think I'm just
0: more road weary than you are. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that.
1: So okay, as we dive into the topic, what's the first part that you want to start with in, with this
0: topic? Well, here's the thing. I I want to back up just a second. I want to say that you know I think one of there are times in uh, these episodes where we almost have to just step back and be a little bit introspective mm. and take an assessment of where we're at and how does our footprint in life affect other people yeah and this is I think one of those shows you know okay. we talked about the shame episode that was kind of one of those introspective this is where I'm at show <laughs> that was one of those shows where it's like you're looking at the map and it says you are here <laughs> right. right and this is like, looking at the map and saying this is how big of a ripple you're making in the pond mm-hmm. you if you are living out what god has called you to do then you're taking risks and right. those risks have costs not only to you you're you feel them you know you can articulate them you're yeah. you're living it breathing it doing it every day right but it affects those around you as well and they may or may not be cluing you into it so that's what we want to talk about and I think I want us to, to answer your question. I want to start with this idea that the amount of risk tolerance or safety tolerance or concern that somebody has yeah. is on a continuum, right? It isn't, you're not risk tolerant or you are risk tolerant. It's a continuum. You take, right. you'll take risks in certain things and not in others. And so understanding how that interplays with where your spouse might be at. And usually I found, at least in my own experience and for those that I've talked to, when there's ever a misalignment with respect to risk or safety, it's usually around two things. It's usually around time and money and money. You got it. You know, there's usually the stress of you're not available to help out or I don't see you enough and we're not connected. I don't have your full attention. I don't have your attention. Yeah. When you're here, you're not here. Yeah. That's a kind of a time dimension. Right. And, and, and then
1: subgenres of the money part of it is stability, security, predictability. Right.
0: Yeah. Structure. That, for what you're doing literally costs us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so those are the kind of two ways they principally express themselves. So if you find that you're in a relationship with somebody and, you know, your spouse, for instance, and you find that there's oftentimes you're getting a lot of feedback about availability mm-hmm. or lack of funds. Yep. <laughs> and the stress around that, uh, you can usually push that back to, all right, where's the change occurring and what's the sacrifice being made? And you can bubble it up. And that's why I say we almost have to think of this as one of those, how big is your footprint episodes?
1: Hmm. I like it. I know that. So for for me, let me just use a personal example. I am much more likely to take risks than my wife is. Yeah, I am as well. My wife is very risk averse. Mm She likes to be able to predict a lot of things. She's a planner. Yeah, so is mine. Yeah, I'm not. We are
0: the kites. They are the string.
1: Yes. (laughs) So I have this constant tension with my wife, and we have ways of dealing with this tension to keep us moving forward and be unified in in this, but where, where do we begin with this?
0: Yeah. Well, that's a great question. I'm glad you used the word tension, because that's really what it is now, so... Tension can be seen as being something that always needs to be resolved, yeah. you know, because like, oh, there's tension in this relationship, you know, and if somebody says that, then you believe that's a problem that has to be resolved. But if you use the kite and string metaphor, there's tension that actually works for you because a kite without a string and the tension of the string can't fly. Hmm. And a string without the kite is just laying on the ground and it's not very interesting either.
1: Wow. So
0: you need both.
1: That's a great, man. I love this. All right, keep going. You know, we
0: naturally think about tension as being a thing we need to resolve or remove. It's but actually, if you look at tension in a healthy way, you say it's good because it causes us to stretch. Right. So I guess the first thing to think about is when you think about the sacrifices that you're making and the sacrifice that someone else is making for a dream, that doesn't mean that you should be pursuing a dream that's sacrifice free. You can never do that. Yeah. It wouldn't be a dream. Yeah. Every dream is going to require sacrifice, and every sacrifice is going to require a sacrifice not only for yourself, but on those that you love. Yeah. So the way to get through it is to understand that is really the fundamental thing, that what you want to do is create healthy tension, right? not unhealthy tension. This comes into a problem for you guys like you and me a little yeah. bit more, because we tend to be more optimists, right? Yeah. And optimists are, tend to be the risk takers. Yeah. Like, we talked about this back in episode 75, the... Light and dark forces of optimism, remember that? The force is with you. Yeah, the force is with you, yes. That was our special Star Wars edition. (laughs) the world know we are nerds. Well, and maybe that's a good fitting for this, because, you know, one of the key takeaways from that episode was really the, the concept that optimists are more likely to take risk and, I believe, less likely to see the cost that others are paying for the risks that they're taking because you're so used to it you're so acclimated to oh yeah well, that's fine it's just part of what i need to do and you're vested in it as an optimist you're vested in it and you're also believe that you can make it happen because if you didn't then you wouldn't take the risk to begin with and right. that's that's the bane of optimism is that you you know you fundamentally just have this ever eternal hope that mm-hmm. things are going to work out and it's not it's more than just hope you're certain of it oh you know? absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, otherwise you wouldn't do it for us we may be unaware of really the cost and the consequences that are going about it. So there are some things you can do, I think, to help our spouse or help those that are collaborating with us or maybe observing us or putting up with us as we're pursuing our dream get a little bit better aligned.
1: Yeah. So here's something that's really interesting I've learned through my process with my wife is, and and I'm just sharing this just to give you perspective into my situation, Mm -hmm. So when we process my entrepreneurialism versus her security, stability, you know, mm-hmm. desire or whatever, I realized we're both actually processing risk. Yeah, She's processing short-term risk and I'm processing long-term risk. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think my tension comes in thinking, okay, I could do, you know, whatever this nine to five job or whatever to to take care of this short-term risk issue that you have yes. and mitigate that for you. But for me, that takes away from my ability to build something that long-term I actually want to be right. involved in where I feel like I'm getting fulfilled and satisfied in right. life and creating the life that I want. Yep. So our tension comes in We're having the same risk, it's just different time periods. Yeah,
0: you're actually, you've got different reward horizons. She wants a shorter-term reward with a shorter-term payback, which Mm -hmm. would put you into a more stable income right? in a regular paycheck, which I, by the way, call corporate welfare.
1: Yes. You know, that's kind of why. That's beautiful.
0: You know, and, and I don't mean to you know, be dismissive of anybody that's pursuing that path. It's just that's not for me. Right. And for you, you know, you're looking at well, what's the long-term reward? Mm-hmm. Right. You want to optimize that. And yes. knowing that optimizing in the short term may be not optimizing for you in the long term. In so either just, case, it they're both parties are paying a cost. There's a sacrifice, right? You you have to sacrifice some things to pursue what you're doing. Yeah. And she has to sacrifice some things in support Of you doing what you're doing.
1: Right. And at the same time, we just have different comfort zones. Right. And it's trying to make those comfort zones and those risks come together to be on the same path. Exactly. So that's where we're at. I don't know if that helps at all. Oh, yeah.
0: that's, That's perfect. And it's a great illustration. And that is exactly some of the sacrifices that our spouses take when those of us who are trying to pursue a dream or build a business or pivot or change jobs or, for example, move across the country when you don't know anybody... Families take the sacrifice. The kids get, uh, you know, they lose their relationships that they've built. The, the spouse loses the relationship they built. There's yeah. big sacrifices totally. to go to support somebody's dream. Friends of ours moved to Abu Dhabi. You know, holy cow! They, they, they took their kids out of school here <laughs> with all their friends, and they said, "We're going to go live in this different culture." And Abu Dhabi
1: of all places—that's <laughs> yeah. no
0: joke. Yeah. So that's a big sacrifice.
1: Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. And
0: actually after years of doing it, they've extended, they've agreed. Wow. This is a good thing to do. Enjoying things there. They'll probably come back, <laughs> you know, it Hopefully. may not be forever, but they were able to work through that. But you can't say it wasn't a big sacrifice.
1: Yeah. What can I do about this or anybody else who's in the same predicament you and I've put our spouses in quite often. Well, I'll tell you this
0: this is kind of my road weary lessons from the road here. First <laughs> of all, This almost goes without saying, but because this is such an insidious thing that many of us entrepreneurs are so unaware of, I'm going to say it anyway. And that is, first of all, acknowledge that there is a sacrifice. Oh yeah, Acknowledge the cost that they're paying. And the more specific you can be about it, you know, and you can say, hey, you know, when you stayed home so that I could go do this, or when you're taking care of the kids while I'm traveling so heavily... You know, I just got to let you know I really feel like you're supporting me in what I need to be doing. I mean, the the, the more specific you can make it, the better. Mm-hmm. Right? I probably didn't even give a very good specific example there, but I think you get the idea. Show how their support helps advance the dream, that helps them feel vested in it, they're being appreciated and acknowledged for that. I like that. And I think one of the big things that we can do, huge, and it's often very difficult and the one that I think I've had the hardest Lesson to learn because it's one thing to say, Hey, I know you're sacrificing a lot, you're taking care of the family while I'm trying to get this business off the ground. But one of the things that I really had a hard time learning how to do was to find ways to engage their volition. In other words, when people feel like they have a choice in a the matter, they feel more empowered by it. And that was one thing in my relationship with Anna where I don't think I made my desire to start my own business a shared dream. I really felt like when I left Cray, the last thing I wanted to do was go get another job. You know, I wanted to go, ah, really, this is just as good a time as any. I've got this big severance package, notwithstanding the fact that the first few months that I worked, I made about 35 cents an hour, you know, when you net how how much income I had for the hours. (laughs) But, you know, not notwithstanding that, you know, I was still convinced, like an entrepreneur, optimist is, that boy, this is going to pay off, you know. (laughs) And, what I failed to take into account was how important volition is. How important it is that I establish some choices that she can make and enter in with me in making those choices. I was a little bit like I was a little bit like a ship, you know, an armada. But i thinking about it so much, I'm sailing across the horizon and I'm leaving the the armada behind me, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wondering why aren't they getting on board? Why are they having a hard time with this? <laughs> For instance, I used to think about when I was starting the company about the decisions I need to make. Okay, so what do I need to invest in? For instance, do I go get an office or do I work out of the home? Right. Do I bring on a partner? All of those questions I largely wrestled with in isolation Mm. of Anna. And I did that, I think, because looking back, I did that in large measure because A, I was so excited about my dream. I was thinking about it all myself. B, I didn't think she was all that interested in it. And maybe couldn't track all the nuance of it. And it would take a lot of time to explain to her all the stuff that I was thinking. And three, right. she might not support it anyway. And who cares? It's not her business. It's mine. Right. You know, so there was yeah. this little bit of this is my dream. I don't want her interference in it. Hmm. And it, that was so short sighted on my part because she's been nothing but supportive, by the way. I mean, it's just, I'm amazed given the way I isolated her from the early beginnings of this, uh, the amount of isolation I've given her on this and the amount of support she's given me just don't even compare. But I robbed her of an opportunity to be part of the journey Mm. and by engaging her, not as with veto over the decisions, but just to think through them and gain some insight and clarity and just having her feel like she was part of the dream that she's, that's costing her. It's costing the family with young kids and that I needed to have that. Yeah. So partnering with her. Yeah. So find ways to engage the other person's volition in your dream, I think is really huge. And getting
1: their input as you make the decision so they feel involved. Exactly. Yeah, that's one thing I sucked at.
0: (laughs) Well. Change that quickly. Get in line. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of us do.
1: Yeah, I got my verbal spanking and changed
0: that pretty quick. Right.
1: Now we have, oh yeah, you've seen that. You make fun of me for it. Uh-huh. Those, those giant charts
0: yeah i love your charts. i can't <laughs> wait to see them i you know I, I think there should be a whole album of, no. of Armin of charts no, on facebook <laughs> <nope>. <laughs>
1: i made sure to have her take the picture from long distance <laughs> so people couldn't see everything. oh yes yeah, so like, hey
0: Armin, i think you're not making that goal yeah, you know it's that enough account. that she's doing it right yeah, you don't yeah. need the world to know <laughs> what nope, your goals are i don't <laughs> want
1: everybody else's accountability with me i'm good <laughs> that's good hers is enough yeah right, <laughs> right <on. laughs> so what else we got here
0: well kind of tied to the last one. Ask for help in identifying choices. I mean, this is part of the volition, but it's not just about how would you make the choice, but what are some other ways I can think through this? I have found that one of the things that I often succumb to, and I don't know if you do, Armin, but I'd be interested to hear this, but I often succumb to either-or thinking. I think it's either this way or that way. And especially if Anna challenges me on something, if she says, hey, I I don't agree with that, I think we should do something differently, Hmm. then I'll feel like, okay, then the only possible option is to do what she suggested, Hmm. as opposed to saying, you know what, maybe there's another alternative. If we spend time like the kite and string and we let the tension stay there, Maybe a better option that is mutually agreeable to both of us will mm. emerge. Right. But so often we don't like the tension. We think the tension's bad, and so we just try to remove it. When in fact, the tension, like Guy Kawasaki said, changes at the edges. Yeah. You live at the edges where there's tension, you're more likely to get a better solution. That's where the best solutions are found. Mm. Not in the center, but on the edges. Mm. So if you ask for help and work it and stay with it and identify what the choices are, I think you're going to find that there's a lot more dynamic stuff that can go on there.
1: Yeah, it's amazing how often I get stuck with option A and B and can't find a C, right? And then my wife will come in and say, well, this only gives you half of what you want, and this other way gives you only half of what you want, so I don't understand why this is even two options. What about
0: this? Yeah, and what I often don't think about... Uh, where I get stuck is I think about options only in the present. Right. As opposed to saying, well, wait a minute, we could do this now. And in four months we could do this part of that. Yeah. You know, so I don't take it apart. It temporarily, I just assume that everything is either yes or no. And it's right now. (laughs) You know, I I think our brains kind of are go to default that way. We don't often think about living things out over a period of time and stretch things within a period of time.
1: Well, I think that's one of those issues that when you start taking risks, you start looking at what you're doing through a magnifying glass and you almost make it impossible for you to put the magnifying glass down and take a big picture view when someone who's not as heavily involved in the decision can take a step back where it might be a little bit more difficult for you. And I think that's where your wife can come in quite often. At yeah. least it has for me. Yeah, yeah. So right on. I heard you talking about staying within your stretch. What does that mean?
0: Well, that just means like, don't get outside of your ability to step out. I mean, you should stretch, but sometimes we try to stretch so far so fast that right. we end up ripping something. You know?
1: Sounds like me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that can be true for your spouse too. I mean, so... Usually our spouse has a different stride length than we do. We might want to go really, really fast and they're not quite there yet. So find what's a stretch for both of you. Okay. Right. And one good way to do this is to say, Hey, let's try this for a period of time. Do something as a trial so that you're not saying, Hey, all of life is going to be committed down to this path forever and ever. Amen. You know, we're going to try this. Let's try it for a period of time and see how it works. And In all of this, what you're trying to communicate is that the priority is the relationship. It is not the dream. Because those who are with you in life are the most important people that you have. And it's more important than anything that you will do with your life. Hmm. And if you if you leave people in the dust, yeah, you might accomplish a lot, but those who you care about the most won't see that. You know, in fact, that's one of the best definitions of success that I've heard. And I Hmm. think I've shared this before. When those who know you the best, respect you the most. Hmm. And those who know you the best are the ones that are interacting and they're the ones that are p- making the sacrifice. Yeah. And if they know their sacrifice is appreciated, they know they're coming along on the journey, they know that, that they're engaging with you, they know that you're not going to outpace them, right. that they're important too to bring along, hmm. then that's going to be gaining their respect. I love that. Well, just a couple more things that we can think about here too. One is to build off ramps. And this is a little bit about that trial period thing, but sometimes, you know, you might start a business for instance, or you might decide, well, we're going to go to a new location or what have you. And if you build an off ramp that says, okay, if this happens or if this doesn't happen, so for instance, if I'm not able to get an income that's back to where we need to be within 18 months or whatever is comfortable right. for you or whatever is a stretch for you, however you want right. to describe it. So this is
1: kind of like an exit strategy. It's an exit strategy. Okay. It's to
0: say if we don't achieve these objectives, then this is what we'll do next. Right. You know, and it's a way to adjust. Either you go back to what you were doing before or you find a new option, Yeah. but you're basically agreeing with each other that, hey, life doesn't only have just one choice and we're going to stay at this forever. That we're agreeing that there could be some off-ramps if you need to have it.
1: I like that. It's funny because my wife is the one who always brings up, so... How long is this gonna right. last? Or right, exactly. How long are we going And she yes. does it in that voice, uh-huh. you know? Where she's nervous to ask, but she knows it needs to be talked right, about and right. I wanna avoid it. Right, right. yes. This is indefinite for me. Yes. I will do this till I die. <laughs> no, that's not what she's and wanting no, to hear. No. <laughs> she says I'm dying already. <laughs> yes. So she always needs an exit strategy yeah. to feel safe with it. But I love that point. Is there any final Yeah point?
0: and the and the off ramp doesn't have to be again an all or nothing. It can right. be an adjustment, for instance. That can be anything that creates. So try to dispense with that either or thinking that we were talking about before. Well, final thing, and this is probably, again, maybe bookending with the most obvious, but also most neglected, was stretch yourself for their dreams. You know, Mm -hmm. they have something. Yeah. And instead of just thinking that, you know, everything is around the sacrifice that they're making for your dream, ask yourself how supportive of you of their dream. Mm -hmm. Could you even name what their dream is? Yeah, And could you name what's the most important way you can contribute to their dream?
1: What a solid point. Holy cow. Yeah, I of all the hard points that I've learned going through this process, that's one I wish I didn't learn the hard way. I, I remember my wife asking after telling me or repeating back to me, so this is your dream and this is what you're trying to do to get there and this is this, whatever, whatever. She just keep laying out everything, right? And then she waits a second and says, so can you uh, tell me what it is that you think I'm dreaming about? Yes. And I couldn't answer. And it was one of those moments where I physically dipped my head in shame Uh because I realized how self-consumed I was Uh by my own dreams as if she wasn't a part
0: of them. Yeah. That is one lesson I wish I had learned the easier way, not the yeah, hard yeah. way.
1: So I'm well, I think
0: we need to make that the challenge me for this episode. I think we need to make it if you're married or if you've got a significant relationship that you're cultivating and you don't know their dream, Yeah, find out. Yes. And find out how you can support them in it. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. that I don't think there could be anything stronger to build support for your own dream yes. than to know that their dream, you're investing in theirs. Yeah. Because
1: they're involved too. Right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And lead by example. (laughs) Right on. Well, Well, that's all the time we have for this show. We just want to let you know you can find the show notes at reinventure.me slash 79. I want to give a shout out to Christy Osiak. Now, she sent a, a message to us, Armin, and she said that the Reinventure Me episodes, she called them therapy sessions for her. And she mentioned that she started with episode one and took notes and has been on what she calls a reinventure me marathon ever since I'm glad we've only got 79 episodes for her. <laughs> but she says she's been listening to some of them four or five times in a row just taking notes and she says Holy they're cow. seriously filled with great stuff and she loves the interaction between you and me. <laughs> and, then, and now that she's going to find out I don't know anything about Aerosmith, I think that'll, that'll tickle her as
1: you well. Lost her. <laughs> you lost her on the 79th episode. I may have day. done that. Yeah, that, <laughs>
0: might, that might have been the end. But I just want to say, you know, we love these kind of notes. And so, you know, t- tell our listeners how they can shout out to us on that. Yeah, if you ever want
1: to reach out to us on Twitter is just at me on Facebook. You can, same thing, just search Me, You'll find us, LinkedIn, Google+. And if you like this episode or any of the other episodes you've listened to, would you just do us a favor, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher and tell your friends. You can find iTunes. It's uh, reinventure.me backslash iTunes or reinventure.me backslash Stitcher. And again, as always, our favorite, leave a question or comment on reinventure.me or call 612-314-5447 so we can hear your voice. So just pick up the phone and call (laughs)
0: 612-314-5447 now. Don't wait. Oh, God. You did it, Larry. Why? (laughs) That's it for this week. We'll see you next week. So long. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.